The Shorter Catechism begins by declaring that the chief purpose of our lives is to find endless holiness and happiness in God. Hello, this is Pastor James. Join me as I go through the Westminster Shorter Catechism week by week, unpacking what it means for us to be holy and happy. At the core of modern society's cancel culture is this deep-seated conviction that the person being canceled has committed an unforgivable sin. The irreligious gatekeepers of our day, of course, will not employ this language of sin and morality. However, the idea that the offending individual has, by word or action, whether in recent or distant memory, somehow put oneself outside the established order, demonstrates what can only be described as a deep concern for morality. Cancel culture, then, is about exclusion and punishment for failing to conform to the norm or overstepping the bounds of an established order of social acceptability. It is interesting that even as the voices of moral relativism and religious pluralism continue to grow louder by the day, the universal and very human impulse to censor that which we deem wrong, however we may define the wrong, persists. We are deeply conscious of the reality of sin both conceptually and existentially. That's because we human beings, being made in the image of God, are essentially moral creatures who are keenly aware of our own sins as well as the sins of others. God created us to be like Him in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, and that remains true after the fall, despite its corrupting effects. The basic moral concern inherent in cancel culture actually parallels what the Bible and the Shorter Catechism teach about the reality of sin. Question 14 of the Catechism asks, What is sin? Answer, Sin is any lack of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. Within the broader Christian tradition, sin has historically been understood to fall under two aspects, sins of omission and sins of commission. The first aspect refers to a failure on our part to do what the law of God requires. Knowing the rightness of a thing and not doing it is sin. The second aspect refers to stepping beyond the limits set by God's law. Knowing the wrongness of a thing and still doing it is sin. To illustrate, let's consider the first sin whereby our first parents fell. When God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden, He gave him clear instructions not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. By going against this express command of God, 
Adam's actions and choices embraced both aspects of sin. By neglecting his duty to obey God, Adam sinned by omission. Moreover, by acting beyond the limits that God had set and eating of the forbidden fruit, Adam sinned by commission. As a result, Adam effectively cancelled himself from God's rule and rules by his lack of conformity and transgression of the law of God. However, unlike modern cancel culture, in which the possibility of redemption is close to impossible, Adam's sin and fall did not permanently cancel him from God's mercy. Thankfully, the good news of the gospel for Adam, as well as for us, is that God does not cancel us. Rather, in God's gracious salvation, He cancels the debt of sin for all who repent of their sins and believe in Jesus. As Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. This program was brought to you by Pilgrim Community Church, a confessional Presbyterian church that meets in Cubao, Quezon City. For more information, please visit our website at pilgrimcommunity.com. Church.